He came to be near us. He came to give us hope. Hope in the midst of hopelessness. Hope in the midst of grief and loss. In the midst of our financial uncertainty. Hope. 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 Hope in the midst of what we cannot see. When times are difficult and the future is not sure. When friends fail us. And life doesn't turn out the way we expected or dreamed. He came to be near us. He came to give us hope. Today we celebrate the gift of hope. We've lighted the, the hope candle for Advent. And a story caught my eye about uh, after the devastation when the typhoon hit the Philippines. Thousands of people dead. Uh, some who will never be accounted for. All possessions are lost and, and, and such devastation like perhaps they've never seen before. But out of the midst of all of that, confusion and chaos and devastation, there was a sign of hope because a baby boy was born. He was born to an Israeli emergency response team who'd set up camp there. And the healthy baby boy was born to a mom and dad there. And out of their gratitude, uh, they named him Israel, a sign of hope. We celebrate hope today. We've lighted the Advent candle because it's a very significant part of Christmas and what it means for Christ to come to us. It's the story of God sending His Son, uh, fulfilling the promise of the Messiah that He promised so many years ago, that was fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ, born to Mary and Joseph. He was indeed the long-awaited Messiah. He was the hope that people looked for, that they had longed for, that they had expected for a long time. But God had promised that Messiah many, many years before. And now as we enter into the Gospels and start looking at the birth of Jesus Christ, we have to remind ourselves that there was a 400-year period of silence between the last book in the Old Testament and God's revelation in the New Testament. And maybe they had given up hope. Maybe they didn't, didn't think that God was going to respond in the way that He did. All of those factors figure into the fact that, that Jesus Christ came And he came in the way that startled a lot of people. He came in a way that was ignored by a lot of people. But he came in God's way and in God's timing to bring the hope that God knew that people would need today and even back then. I want you to look with me in our scripture reading today uh, in Isaiah chapter 49. This is some prophecy about the servant of the Lord. And speaking about Jesus Christ himself, the Messiah who would come. And these words of prophecy spoken so many years before the birth of the Messiah uh, remind us some things about the role that the Messiah would play and the hope that he would bring. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has been my strength. He says, Is it too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and to bring back those of Israel I have kept? 
I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. As we look at this prophecy about Jesus, we notice several things of great significance. First of all, he's named by God. And then you notice that that name given to him is Israel. He gave him that name Israel at that point because he, Messiah, Christ would come and fulfill everything that the Messiah had been promised that he would do as people waited. Then we also see when we look at verses 5 and 6, the twofold purpose of his coming. First of all, was to restore the nation of Israel. And then secondly, he was to take the message of salvation to the ends of the earth and to be a light to the Gentiles. In other words, God was sending Jesus Christ as the Messiah to come into the world, to bring the hope that everyone so desperately needed, to gather his people, to be a light to the Gentiles as to what the Jewish nation had been called to do and they'd failed to do that. And so what they failed to do, Jesus Christ came to do in fulfillment of that. So as we begin this Advent season, a time of expectation and waiting and wondering and lighting that first candle of hope in the Advent wreath, we're reminded of the fact that the coming of the Messiah is a gift of hope from God. It represents to us the fact that in the Messiah, every promise that God made of what the Messiah would be and what he would do was fulfilled in Jesus. All the longing that the people had for the one who would come to be their deliverer and their savior, all their hopes of God's fulfilled promise came and that was found in Jesus Christ, Messiah, Savior, and Deliverer. And it's entirely appropriate for Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who would bring about peace and establish a nation of righteousness to come as a baby. Because I think nothing personifies hope more than an infant. You know, when we dedicated Maggie Grace today, there's a sign of hope in it. And you look at your child, and, and, and every parent who's had that privilege to do that, you look at your child, and you think, this is a bundle of potential. You know, this is the epitome of potential. And nothing else has it except like a baby. And so you wonder, what will this child be? Will she be a, a doctor helping to save lives? Maybe a brain surgeon? You wonder about your baby boys. Will they be a, an athlete? You know, would they be pastors? Would they be missionaries? You know, what, what, what would they be? What would they become? How will God use them? You know, and why do we continue to have children and bring them into the world? We do so out of hope, don't we? We do so out of hope that these children who are yet to come and the children now who are among us, that they will add value and significance to this culture in which we live and that they will do something to the glory of God. So whatever potential that child has... It is in the hands of God. And the potential with which Jesus came was that he was the Messiah to do all that God had promised that the Messiah would do. And what a wonderful, wonderful symbol of hope that is. For Mary, it was no surprise, not at this point, because the, uh, an angel had come to her and Gabriel said to her, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now that was startling news for Mary, but she had nine months to prepare herself for the arrival of this hope, waiting for him to come. And Joseph also had been given a promise. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because it will save his people from their sins. You see, when Jesus was born, God made it perfectly clear that this was the baby for whom all the world had been waiting, who would be the Messiah. He didn't come on royalty. He didn't come as a conquering king or warrior. He came as a babe, a tiny babe, innocent, a tiny babe so dependent upon others. But he also came with all the fulfillment of God's promises and all the potential that people would need in a Messiah. He came to bring hope. And what hope does is that knowing this child was the one in whom all the world waited to find God's Messiah and to find the things that God had promised in the Messiah, forgiveness of sins. Only true and lasting peace is found in this Messiah. Only this Messiah would establish an eternal kingdom of justice and righteousness. And so all that hope and all that potential is bound up in this Jesus Christ whose birth we celebrate. And the significance of hope during this time of Advent, preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ once again, reminds us that our faith, Christianity, is a faith of, of hope. If you want to use that term religion, I don't particularly think religion categorizes us as our Christian belief, but it's a religion of hope or a faith of hope. And it's a hope that's relevant to us today. As we live, we still need that hope even though Christ came 2,013 years ago. You see, as people back then looked for the Messiah to come and to help ease some of the situations that they faced in life, then we look for those same things in our life today. And we have to do so with a confident faith in God. And the reason that we have to have that hope today and we're reminded of hope that comes in the Christ child is because we all have situations in our life in which we need to find that hope of God. You see, there are situations uh, with, our, with our jobs, there are situations in marriages, in relationships with family members. Some of you have faced seemingly hopeless medical or financial problems. And the only way to face those is to have faith in God. And that's not a trite and trivial statement to make, is to put your faith in God. It's not when you understand what it means. See, it means that we put our faith first in God. And that meant that if we had been alive back in those days, we would have had to have had a constant faith and been watching for the birth of the Messiah while some gave up. Today it means for us that we put God first, foremost, and forever in our life. And that no matter what happens, no matter what takes place, we are dependent upon what God is going to do for us. And what that means is, is that we don't really look for God to, uh, to answer our prayers the way that we want Him to. But here's the point of clarification. Our hope is in God and not in what he will do for us, but what he brings to us in Jesus Christ. And the fact that he brings to us out of his goodness and mercy and grace and sovereign will, not just one specific act of deliverance, but he brings us God's faithfulness. So when we put our faith in God and we claim the hope that comes from God, we're claiming the fact that God's faithfulness can be trusted no matter what we're facing, and that's where our hope is found. Here's some passages of Scripture that, that God reminds us of that we can claim once we constantly put our faith in Him and put God first and trust in Him, not so much in what He's going to do, but in His faithfulness. So if, uh, Isaiah 49:23 says, Then you will know that I am the Lord, and those who hope in me will not be disappointed. 
In Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. And in Psalm 147.11, the Lord delights in those who fear Him and put their hope in His unfailing love. You see, this is the hope we celebrate. God's promised Messiah has come and has fulfilled all of God's promises. Yes, there's a time in the future, we look towards the future, when He will come again, His second coming, and when that that kingdom of righteousness and justice will be established. And we will see God face to face. That's in the future. And that's a part of the constant expectation that we have every Christmas season that rolls around. Is that we are celebrating with awe and wonder that God came to us as an infant, as a babe. Representing all the potential of the Messiah. And God came as the form of a babe in Jesus Christ. He grew to be a man. He showed us what it was like to live and have a perfect relationship with God. Then he went to that cross and died a criminal's death for our sins so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship with God. And in that we claim the living hope that the video reminds us of. And 1 Peter 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you hear that phrase? A new hope. A new hope. What is that new hope for us that's alive and relevant for every day? And I want to mention three ways. First of all, Jesus gives us hope for our past. You see, one of the reasons that the Messiah came was to bring forgiveness to people. All through their years, there had been that sacrificial system of animals for the forgiveness of the sins, and they all were inadequate and fell short. But when Jesus came, he came to be the ultimate sin bearer. And to die and shed the body of God and the blood of God for the forgiveness of our sins. And all of us stand in need for forgiveness. If you've never come to know salvation by the confession of your sin that keeps you separated from God, then there is still hope for that for you. You can come today, you can come now and receive that forgiveness. But then we all need hope as we go along through life. That hope of forgiveness, don't we? You see, we've all got some deep secret sins in our past. We're all ashamed of things that we've done in the past. We Sometimes we carry that around like guilt, like a ball and chain. But Jesus Christ comes with hope for our past so that all of our mistakes, all of our sins can be forgiven and we can live in relationship with God. In Matthew 1, we read these words of Scripture. But after he had considered this, and that's Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. He says one of the primary reasons that Jesus came, as the Messiah, the sin bearer, to forgive the people of their sins. And today God offers that same hope. That no matter what's in your past, no matter what baggage is there, you can find hope. You can find purpose in life. You can find the forgiveness for those sins. Because Jesus came to give us the hope of our sins being forgiven. And when we realize that our past can be forgiven and that God will forget it and all those guilty feelings can be taken away, then we claim the hope of Christmas that's found in Jesus Christ. That Jesus came as God's gift of hope to redeem us from our past. And then there's a second aspect of that hope. And that is that Jesus gives us hope for the present. You see, even though Christ has come, and we're still anticipating, once again, celebrating uh, the, the birth of Christ, 
we also need that hope now. We need that hope in the present because we all face situations where we need that hope. And it's that hope that we find in Jesus that gives us hope for the present that lets us know that if we're a child of God, if we've been born again, if we're a new creation in Christ, then that we find that hope every day as we live in this world. And we all struggle with issues, don't we? You see, even though our sin has been forgiven that separates us from God, there's still sins in our life, things that we deal with. You know, sometimes our temper, sometimes it's careless words that we say, and then sometimes it goes deeper than that. There are people, thousands, if not millions, who, who are hung up and addicted to pornography. There are millions who are addicted to alcohol and to drugs. And then you get into people who have absolutely no concept of money, and they don't glorify God with their money through overspending, particularly at Christmas. And that list can go on and on and on with lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it is you struggle with in your life, because we still do. Remember this, all of those things Jesus died for. And you find your hope for overcoming those things and living above them in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a slave to those things anymore. So the Christmas message of Jesus Christ means that you can live in freedom from the past sins and you can live in freedom from the sins that have tormented you during this time. If you put your faith in God, trust in Him, and live in that relationship with Him. Jesus Christ is still the hope who not only forgives us of the past, but is here for us now in the present. He is Emmanuel, God who is with us. That's why God sent Jesus. Not only to be our sacrifice for our sins, and not only to be the substitute in our place for our sins, but to be Emmanuel, God with us to show us what God is like and to remind us that in every circumstance we go through in life, God is there with us. And boy, that should bring hope to our souls. It brings hope to mine. When I look at what's going on in our culture, when I look at what's going on in our society around us, when I look at what families are dealing with in the life of our church, just a kind of a, as a microcosm of what's going on in our entire world and in our, in our nation, you know, how do we carry on? How do we take another step? How do we go forward in faith? It's because of the hope of Jesus Christ that's in our life. Because he's here to bring hope for us now, today. And then there's a third aspect of that. And that is that Jesus Christ gives us hope for the future. See, we, we look towards the future and we anticipate the future. But thankfully in his mercy and in his grace, God does not reveal to us what's going to happen in our life. And he is so kind and gracious in the fact that he doesn't do that. That he doesn't give us a, a list of things that say to us in a certain month, in a certain year, you're going to experience this. You're going to get cancer, or you're going to have this person to die, or this is the date of your death. He doesn't give us those things. Why? He doesn't want us to be burdened by that because we would be dreading the future. He wants us to live facing the future with confidence and with hope. Historians tell us that there's an interesting map on display in the British Museum in London. And it's an old mariner's chart drawn in 1525, which outlines the North American coastline and the adjacent waters. And the mapmaker made some intriguing notations on those areas that had yet to be explored. And in certain places he would write and say, here be giants. And over here he would say, here be fiery scorpions. And over here he would say, here be dragons. Giants, fiery scorpions and dragons. That's another way of saying we don't know what's out there in the future, and we fear that. But then that map came into the hands of Sir John Franklin, the British explorer in the early 1800s. 
And with one movement and one phrase, he took away all the fear of the future. He simply said, here be God. And he wrote it across that map. said, here be God in the place of giants and fiery scorpions and dragons. So we face a lot of giants and fiery scorpions and giants in our life every day, don't we? It comes to us in different ways. You're struggling with different issues. No matter, no matter how good things are, there's some struggles that you have. There's some difficulties that are there. And God knew that we would face those. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to give us hope. And that hope is not only for the past for our sins being forgiven. Not only for now that God is with us and whatever we're going through. But hope for the future. And that means not only is everything going to be okay for us. But it means that God's perfect plan from the beginning of time is going to be fulfilled. Many, many years ago, he made the promise of the Messiah. And while some people thought that he lingered and tarried in bringing the Messiah, Galatians tells us that it's in God's perfect time that he sent forth his son, born of a woman and born under the law. And in his perfect time will be the time for his son Jesus Christ to come back and to, and to start that millennial kingdom and to bring in that new age and the new heaven and the new earth. And see, that's all that we're looking forward to. We're looking forward with hope to what God is going to do. But living every day in hope. And what confidence do we find in the scriptures that tell us that? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, God has plans for us. He has plans for hope. And for a future. No matter what our situations are today. No matter how tough they are. God always provides that hope. For the future. So my, my hope. And my prayer for us. During this Christmas season. During this Advent time. As we anticipate the coming of Christ. And we spend it preparing our hearts. Uh, we have some Advent devotions provided. Courtesy of Buckner International. That are available throughout the church. Some on the table right out there. I gave you a list uh, of some other resources you might want to use in my newsletter article that was put online this week and is published out here and it's uh, available in certain spots. You need to use something, a tool um, that, that will help you prepare your heart during this season and help you understand and maybe learn some different things about the Christmas story you've never known before, never thought about, new revelations. See, all of this time is called an, an anticipation of a coming, the coming and the arrival of Christ. And then hopefully by Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we've been, we, we have been preparing ourselves for that, that that moment will have such great significance for us. We will know that hope that God has put in our life. And so my prayer is that we will use this time to prepare ourselves to celebrate once again in 2013 the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the birth of our Messiah, and that that time of waiting will be fulfilled by hope as you choose either to accept Christ if you've never done that before or to live in relationship with him and claim all the hope that he promises for your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fulfillment of your promises made so long ago about the Messiah who would come to to redeem your people and to gather them and to take your message of salvation to the ends of the earth and to be a light to the Gentiles. We thank you, Father, that today in 2013 that we are recipients of that marvelous grace of yours 
And that through that we can experience the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. So may our celebration of hope not be bound just simply to lighting the hope of candle on the Advent wreath, but may it be found in a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And we'll find forgiveness for our past. We'll find hope today as we live for your glory. And we will anticipate the future with a hope, knowing that you can be trusted because of your faithfulness. And everything that you promise will come to pass as you have called for it to do. And Father, we know that in that great scheme of things to take place then, that you know us intimately, even to the number of hairs upon our head, and that in that we find hope, being in your constant care. So Father, I pray that the hope of Christ Jesus will be embraced by this church this year as we celebrate the birth of Christ, our Savior, our Lord, and our Messiah. Praying it in his name and for his glory. Amen.